0: Welcome to the Remote Work Drive podcast with your host Jessica Malnick. Stay tuned to learn how to manage remote teams that are effective, collaborative, and happy.
1: Today, I am here with Jen, and for those who might not know you, can you introduce yourself? Name, can kind the of company you work for, and job title?
0: Sure, uh, I'm Jen Lopez. Um, you might also know me as Jen Sable Lopez. I uh, Have to insert that sable now and then, or or else I'm just JLo. So <laughs> that that's my the only way you can find me on the internet. Uh, so I work for a company called OutSystems. We're uh, an application development platform. Uh, we we make it um, simple, uh, easier, faster uh, for developers to build mobile and web apps. And uh, I you know run a large. Uh, global developer community team and and the the developer community at at OutSystems is is what we manage.
1: Awesome. And for the record, best nickname ever. Can you tell me a little bit more about the most exciting thing that you're working on these days?
0: Oh, so there are a number of things, but one one thing that one of the things on my team uh, I, I am always trying to help, you know, people come up with fun ideas and different things. And like, let's try this, let's try that. I am a huge proponent of trying it out. Like if it doesn't work, we don't do it. Recently, um, one of the guys on my team, Yash, he is in, in India. He had the idea of running this uh, program. He's called it the 14 days of out systems where essentially it's getting a group of people together and going through the online uh, reactive web training course that we have. Um, so it's not new training. It's not new, any of that, but it's community-based. So it's a group of people who do it together. Uh, they do a set group of them at a time, A uh, you know, set, set challenge or set training and challenges each day. And then at the end of the two weeks, they've completed this course, they've built up an app, you know, they've done all this stuff and they've worked through everything together. And along with it, he built this like referral program. And and so we've tested it out a few times. And what's really exciting is we have tons of people now internally from sales and marketing to product to to success teams that are coming to us and even our partners and customers saying, hey, how do we run something like that? We want to get in on this. And so it's been really exciting to help him sort of make that a real life thing out of this just random idea he had of like, hey, what if we got people together and had them work through the training, you know, in cohorts and now it's becoming like a real life thing. And it's really exciting to see that that happen. Um, and it's exciting to show how the the community has taken it and sort of run with it. Um, so we have community members who are kicking off their own versions and are running that th- running it themselves, which that's really the whole goal is is to get the community in action and building and learning and helping others learn to build apps without systems. So it's been really really awesome to see, and it all pretty much happened organically. And I think people in the company um, were a fairly community focused company anyway, but really seeing people like eyes opening in field marketing, being like, whoa, look at the people doing, you know, going through this. How can we figure out the right way that we can be a part of this as well? So that that's my, that's the cool thing. It's not really even my thing. It's Yash's thing, but it's been really awesome to sort of help him make this happen and watch him run with it.
1: That's so awesome. What are some of the strategies, if anything that you're doing to kind of encourage some of your team members to actually feel empowered to experiment and try new things and maybe not be so worried about, you know, something not working out so well.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, so it, it comes from the top really. So our CMO, we're, we're on the marketing team and our, our CMO recently said to me, uh, he said that I wasn't asking for enough money. I've never in my life been told that because <laughs> usually it's like, you're asking for way too much money. And part of that was, you know, it's like, let's think bigger. I want you to think bigger. And so again, it stems from, you know, well beyond me that if the company as a whole is thinking that way, um, it helps me to encourage the team as well. But I, we recently went through this project where every single person we went through what they were working on, what their role is. Um, we try to do this every, I don't know, sometimes three months, but six months or so where you t- kind of take a deep dive into what everybody's really working on, uh, what they're really doing every day and make sure that you know people are aligned and, and they're doing the things they're supposed to do. And one of the things that we did is we gave everybody percentages of 50% of the time is running program X. Um, 20% is this, and I made sure that every single person had a minimum of 10% of what we called special projects, and those are the things that are like, oh, you're really passionate about uh, our events, and and you want to test out a new way to run our user groups, or whatever the case is. Really want to make sure that people know that there's time to do that, and that it's encouraged. And I will, you know, move things off of their plates and move things around and, you know, kind of do whatever we need to do to test it out. Now, if, it, if the idea comes and it's not fully thought out, and uh, I mean, I definitely encourage them to put together a sort of a plan of, okay, this is what we're going to try. This is what we think uh, will happen from it. And we'll know if it's successful, if this or that happens. And then we just jump in and like, let's test it. I just really think that that's the best way. Uh, We also recently, just just today, sent out, you know, like a a communication that said, hey, you know, what we've been up to for the past few months. The end of last year, we had kind of, I don't know, vacations, whatnot. We had kind of stopped sending this monthly communication. And it's like, once you don't do it once, right, it becomes harder to get back on that. It's like, it's like working out. You know, it was like you don't you don't work out one day and all of a sudden it takes, you know, 2 weeks to get back on on the ball. I mean, maybe that's just me, but <laughs> um but it but similar of some of it's just doing a thing, getting the ball rolling and it was this isn't going to be perfect. We're not going to make our company, you know, communication perfect the first time. It's been a few months, so let's push it out there and uh, we'll continue to iterate on it because if we wait for perfection, it'll be another six months before it happens.
1: I love that approach. And you recently, I recently read one of your LinkedIn posts where you were talking about having a global team and having some people on your team kind of take the lead on meetings, especially when you couldn't be there because of time zone reasons can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on like how that's working out and kind of what is your approach to meeting structures when you have a global team and you have people spread out across, you know, 12 different time zones?
0: Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up to you. I've had a number of people reach out to me um, since I posted that also. Um, So on my team, I am the solo uh, West Coaster, <laughs> um, we have a few people on the East Coast and, and then everyone else is between, majority of folks are in Portugal, but we have uh, someone in Japan and someone in India. And so we, the time zones are, you know, they're a bit much. Um, what's really great is our, our folks in APAC are very kind and they often stay up late, but I, I hate that. Like I hate that. They they always you know end up having to have meetings at 10 p.m. and things like that. So, what I've started doing is um, sort of every other week or every uh, every couple of weeks or so, I will set the meeting to be at two o'clock in the morning, my time. Um, our East Coast people, depending on the meeting, so there are different meetings. The East Coast people obviously wouldn't be too happy with that either. Um, But when it's just the community team, actually, so the, first of all, we have a, a, the developer relations team is made up of community and dev advocates and the community team. uh, I'm the only person in the U.S. at all right at the moment. So, um, so I set the meeting at 4 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever. And I say, hey, who, who wants to volunteer to run this meeting? And they start the agenda, um, run the call. Uh, I give them a few things. Hey, we have this this, uh, issue we need to figure out. Can you bring it to the team? Whatever the thing is. Um, And they run the whole meeting and it's recorded. And when I wake up later, uh, I watch it and reach out if I have any questions or anything. But it's amazing to see... um, Number 1, sometimes things come up and, you know, I talk a lot and I give my opinion and they ask me my opinion and it's it's incredible to see them like they 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 don't need me to be there to run the meetings. They can run the meetings just fine and and they work out issues and, you know, talk through things and it it was really amazing and then, you know, I wake up in the morning and here's a summary of, hey, this is the call. These are the actions we're gonna take. Um, here's a link to the video. And uh, someone has had the chance to lead the call, you know, showing, showing that leadership. They've worked through it on their own. Um, and people get to have meetings at regular times. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, um, Taiji in, in Japan doesn't have to, uh, you know, have a call at 1130 at night. Um, it's at a normal business hour so that to me is really important especially with a with a global team that you're not making the same people all the time uh, do things at kind of odd and horrible hours Uh, although I should say as a uh, the lone west coaster oftentimes meetings start at like 6 (laughs) a.m. it's a little brutal but
1: it must be, feel super empowering for your team to be able to like, if anything, like be able to like run some of the meetings and feel empowered to be leaders within the, within the team as well.
0: Yeah. And even beyond, um, I mean, there are often times where, you know, someone says, hey, we would like to meet with your user group team because we'd like to kick something off in uh, Germany or, uh, you know, whatever. And they say, "Okay, I'm trying to find a meeting, a, a time with you in it." And I'm like, "I don't need to be there." First of all, the team's got it; they own it. I don't. They know way more about the program, you know, the, the details and stuff than I do. Um, and time zones, like, don't wait around for me to wake up. Um, that I, I can't tell you how many times a week I say that. <laughs> like, please don't wait for me to wake up to make a decision to have a call to do, you know, to get things done. Because um, if you're waiting for me to wake up way over here on the West Coast, which seems so funny, I've never, I've never worked at a company before where West Coast feels so far from the world, but this is, <laughs> it, it is, it, I've been here three years now and, and uh, it's really funny, but, um, but yeah, like, don't, don't let things ha- sit around and wait for me to wake up. Um, and I just encourage them all the time to take action. And if they need to fill me in after, or if a follow-up call needs really needs to happen and I really need to be there, then we'll make that happen. Um, but it's important for them to like own it. They, they, they own the thing and they know it way better than I do anyway. So it's, it's better for them to have those conversations.
1: Absolutely can you share a few strategies or tactics that you're using to help kind of everyone on the team feel like they're part of like, and feel like build like an inclusive team and be able to like have that great culture that it sounds like you guys have and build, and build camaraderie, like in actually getting things done across so many different locations.
0: Yeah, I think one, one of the things, I mean, one of the, the, one of the things that sort of Fun um, is and anytime we have a new person on the team, and we've so everyone on the team has done this at some point in time because when we when the team all got together, um, we we did this. But I have a, a blank template that has it's a presentation that has four slides, and it's it's a, it's just a few questions that you can turn that slide deck into anything you want. So um, some folks did like full designs and, you know, added all these pictures and all these things. And there's a few questions. Um, there's a question of what is your superpower? As, as you may know, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, leaning into your strengths. So the first thing I want to know uh, someone on the team is, you know, what, what is your strength? What is your superpower? That like, if, if anything, you know, anything happens, I will be the one building presentations. Sadly, that is a superpower I have. It is not one that I love that I have, but alas, Um, right? So uh, there's, what is your, what is your superpowers? uh, How do you work best? Uh, That often is, you know, coffee starts with coffee, but, but then you start to learn where people are like, I need, Uh, you know, specific goals. I work best when I know why I'm doing this thing and what it's about, and right? Um, And and then the last one is um, how would your uh, spouse, best friend, uh, former coworkers, whatever, how would they describe you? And so each person gives this presentation and it's, you know, no more than 10 minutes and you kind of walk through and it's just kind of a fun get to know you type of thing especially with everybody being remote, we have to find those connections, a way to feel like, oh, okay, I, I get you, I get this person. Um, so that is a big one for me is just to get to know people on a personal level and it's not super personal, right? I tried to make it so that it's like you get to know them enough and you see their personality and how they transform this presentation. Um, from a blank white page into something that speaks to them and um, you know and everybody gets to there's usually some discussion some questions you know like really you, you uh, I don't know you live in Seattle and hate coffee that that was not me um, or things like that right so it that that's kind of a fun one to go through the Um, the other one is, so at the beginning of all of our meetings, we start with, uh, wins. So I want to hear about what are the, what, what are the awesome things and what ends up happening is, um, people talk about not necessarily their own wins, but things that other people have done. And that has been the big kicker is, um, helping to get that started of, you know, like, Hey, I saw that. So-and-so, you know, finished this uh, report and we got, a, you know, a bunch of love from the CMO on it or something, whatever the, the thing is. And really getting people to um, not just talk about their things, but talking about the, the, the things that, the, that they see that the other team members are doing or even out in the community. Like, man, I saw, did you notice that our MVP... Uh, created this video and ran it. Did everybody see it? You know, let me send the link to everyone. Um, Those are the, also the things of just kicking it off on a, on a positive note, and then, you know, helping to lift each other up. Um, And then what I find is, you know, throughout the week, I, I wake up in the morning and there will be messages in Slack of, um, someone promoting somebody else's like, hey, did you see this on LinkedIn? Oh my gosh, she just got interviewed on whatever and really promoting each other in that way. And I, I think that has been, um, y- you know, has, has been a great way to keep all of us who are remote kind of feeling like a team and feeling empowered to be a team and, and work together. Yeah. And that feels like a very long-winded answer to your question. <laughs>
1: I love it. Um, and as you mentioned, like feeling empowered to work together as a team, what's kind of your strategy around when to hold meetings, uh, single, uh, like kind of in real time versus when to collaborate asynchronously?
0: Well, first of all, I think we can do so much more asynchronously than than we tend to do. Um, Oftentimes, it's, it's just a, a, a preparation. Um, so some of the things that we will do is, uh, for example, when I have folks uh, every few months sort of put down the, okay, this is, these are all the tasks that I'm working on. This is about how much time I spend on it. I want them to do that. Um, we could do that as a group. We could have a call and talk through it. Um, but what I really want is I want people to think about what they're working on think about it. And then I go in on my own and go through each one and ask questions and add comments. And sometimes I find like, wait a minute, I thought that so-and-so was taking over this task like three months ago. Why are you still doing it? Um, Finding those things. And then perhaps we, we realize at the end, look, we need to have a discussion because uh, two people are doing the same thing, or I, you know, sometimes things come out of it where you say, "Okay, we need to have a call now to discuss it." But I think so much of it can happen as a, um, "I'm going to start this document, add your details, comment on mine. Let's let's start it this way. Um, when we get to a point where we this doesn't work anymore, then we set up a call." Um, the other thing for me is. Because I'm on the West Coast and the bulk of the team is in Portugal um, and again, a few on the East Coast, um, I only have a few hours in the morning where I have time with the team. So I also make sure that if somebody, uh, you know, somebody from another team but is in the U.S. sets up a call with me at 9 a.m., I ask them like, hey, can we have that? In the afternoon, because I need to keep this time open in case I need to have like a last minute. Oh, I need to have time to jump on a ten minute call with somebody and help them through. You know, help them help them figure out a, a an issue or something like that. So I make sure that I do have those times open when when needed. Um, I think most things, honestly, can start asynchronously, and turn it into a meeting when it needs to be at the same time I will often take um so we have you know weekly meetings set up sometimes I change those meetings and I turn them into uh change them so they're not mandatory and I call them a coffee talk and I say look join if you want if you just need to chat and see and check in with everybody and see how it's going but don't feel like you have to come because we have so many meetings right um, and we're talking in Slack every day and we're having calls for various things all the time. So whenever it's like, you know what, I, I, I'm feeling like people are done with meetings. I just cancel the meeting and make it. So it's, or I usually just make it so it's not mandatory because I don't want to remove it from their calendars. Um, in Because somebody else will take that time if I, if I remove it from their calendar. So I leave it there and let them know that uh, they don't have to come. And it's just a time to, to chat. Um, and we'll do, we'll do fun things sometimes if there'll be three or four people who join and we'll end up having some discussion about uh, who knows what, something non-work related because it's just coffee talk. Cause we don't get, you know, you don't get a chance to uh, stop at the coffee pot and like talk to people anymore, at least for many of us.
1: I love that approach. Is there any, when you're talking about like collaborating, you know, asynchronously, are there any tools or software that you use or, you know, use with your team to kind of make that easier?
0: So we, I mean, we use Google Docs and presentation and and spreadsheet and all that for a lot of that. Um, We do also use, I love to use Miro. I, I never know how to exactly say it Moreau is it like the painter mm-hmm. um, but I, I love to use that because it's visual and I am a very visual learner and uh, that like the team will will tell you sometimes I will mock something up because I can't explain it but if but I can mock up some really bad looking design thing of like this this is what I'm saying can you can you do this but like good or whatever. Um and, and I, I sort of feel like Moreau helps me do that as well. Um, and and again anything that allows you to make comments, um, to reply back, to you know be able to see updates or make suggestions and things like that. I, I love it. Um, some of the other teams use confluence. We don't tend to use it as much. Most of our documentation and stuff is is just in Google Drive. Um, but yeah, I think I think Google Drive, all the Google stuff, and um, Moreau are probably my biggest, the the ones that we use the most. And Slack, Slack is like, Slack is essentially our life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's like you know pretty much every remote team is if they're not using Slack, they're using Twist or a tool just like that. Uh, I share the same view as you, like I love remote whiteboarding tools. Um, They're just like amazing for being able to just kind of collaborate on the fly. Shifting gears just a tiny bit. I know before all of this, you were kind of managing teams in person um, and now kind of managing more of a hybrid slash remote first sort of team. Have there been any, like what's been the most surprising like mindset shift from going from managing predominantly in-person teams to now being a team that is much more distributed?
0: Oh, that's a very good question. So I have been managing um, the global distributed teams. It's been about five years. Uh, I sort of feel like I've forgotten all of that, that old, that before times. But um, I I think a lot of it is uh, figuring out ways to connect with people on a personal level when you're not in person. So I, I used to, I mean, in the before times, as in, you know, remember 2019, um, <laughs> when we could see people and do things, uh, I, I, I relished those, um, you know, few times a year that we would all get together as a team. And we could do actual team building, right? Uh, I mean, my my Instagram for a long time was I only ever used it when I traveled, um, and you know, would post fun things that the team was doing together, whether it was just going out to lunch or you know something more exciting. But so so there was always that for a long time. When I made the switch from always in person to remote, I at least had okay in person now and then. And this past year and a half. Uh, I, I just have to find ways to connect. And one of the things for me actually is following my team on Instagram. I love to see like the cool things that they're doing or, you know, when they're on vacation and they're out doing fun stuff. Now, some people I'm sure would say, yeah, I don't want my boss following me on Instagram. Uh, but, but for me, it, it gives that personal touch that, you know, we would go to lunch when I, um, you know, ran the the community team at Moz, I mean, we would go to lunch all the time. We would maybe go for a drink, or we would go for coffee, or we would. Right there, there was just so much where we 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 knew everything about each other because we were just together all the time. And so for me, it's really finding those ways. And um, sometimes it's, you know, checking out on Instagram, and and I'm like. You know, it looked like you were getting married this weekend. I'm assuming you were at a wedding and they're they're like, yeah, ha, 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 you know, laugh or whatever. Um, but it's a it's you know, how to find those ways to make connections.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything that you do like when you're holding one-on-ones with team members um to kind of help make those connections, especially given that, you know, travel hasn't really been a Thing you could really do that freely over the last year and a half?
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, sometimes my one-on-ones are us sitting there talking and chatting about uh, TV shows for a half hour. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times, of course, I've talked about Schitt's Creek because I'm a like ridiculous Schitt's Creek fan. Um, <laughs> and my other love is uh, all things Lin-Manuel Miranda. And the entire team knows this because I will, you know, talk about, oh my gosh, it's In the Heights Day. Is everybody excited? I'm going to go, you know, go watch it in the theater. uh oh, big deal. Um, so, so yeah, sometimes our one-on-ones are not work-related or we take like the last 10 minutes to be like, oh yeah, I needed to check in with you about this thing. Um, but it's, you know, asking those questions. However, I have a rule that I don't ask uh, if somebody needs time off, I don't ask why, I don't expect them to tell me why. I, I always say, if I ask a question and you don't wanna, you know, you're not comfortable answering it or you feel like uh, that's whatever, just like, I'm never gonna take offense if you say like, yeah, I don't really wanna talk about that right now. Um, but yeah, when it comes to taking time off or, you know, you need to take an afternoon, you just say, Hey, I need to take the afternoon and I have everything covered. This person's doing is my backup. That's my only requirement is to make sure that you always have a backup on all of your things. Then I, 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 you don't need to tell me it's none of my business to know when you need time off. I know I just took that in a totally different way, but <laughs> But yeah, one-on-ones, uh, to me, one-on-ones don't have to be about work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you could, like, go back to, like, when you first started managing uh, teams, what's one piece of advice you would tell your earlier self?
0: <laughs> I, I remember, so uh, in a previous life, I was a web developer, and I started going down the management track when I was when I was a developer. So I was managing like a team. It was a small team, and we were all you know in the same office and whatnot. And a small team of developers. And the I I will never forget just how bad how bad I was at it. Um, I remember one time giving somebody a review, and I had this whole list of things and. He was like, well, if you had all these issues, why didn't you talk to me about them before? And I just remember staring at him like, oh, I probably should have done that, right? Um, <laughs> so I, for some reason, that particular thing has stood out for me. And I always think of like, what a bad manager I was to that guy specifically. And so to me, I would say that th- give people feedback immediately. Um, the good, the bad, all of it, because uh, people don't know that they need to fix something unless you tell them, right? I I never want somebody, it has been a goal ever since then to never have somebody come into a review or something and be surprised by anything, right? They should already know everything because we've already talked about it. Um, So that would be my advice going back is don't hold, like talk about the things and, and not just the bad stuff, make sure that you're like, whoa, the way you ran that meeting was really impressive. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see you do that again, or whatever, whatever the thing is. Um, Yeah, I think that would be my biggest going back is just, like, talk to people.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so simple, but it's so easy to forget that. You mentioned something really interesting there, which was, Um, kind of how to like give about like giving feedback. And I know something that a lot of managers and leaders, including myself, struggle with is how to give like constructive feedback in a way that's like healthy and productive. Do you have any strategies for how you kind of give that constructive feedback, um, you know, to someone if there is, you know, something that maybe they do need to improve upon? I
0: don't know if it's a specific strategy. I think something that happens a lot and that I that I I feel like I tend to talk about more than, I I don't know, it seems to come up a lot, is perception. And and oftentimes, uh, giving somebody feedback, it's helping them to understand how something they did was perceived to somebody else, right? Whether it was, you know, you came across in this call as if, you know, you, you were either, you were mad or you know, I don't know. There's, there's lots of things, but so often it tends to be a perception issue. And so we talk a lot about that um, with the team actually of, so how do you think that, that thing that you just did, how do you think that felt to the, to the person on the other end? Did they see it the way that you meant it? You know, and there, cause there's always the like, well, I didn't mean it that way. And we're like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, we, that, that happens so often, but perception, somebody else's perception is their reality. And so if their reality is that you did this thing or didn't do this thing or whatever the case is, right? Um, trying to help them empathize and put themselves in their shoes of how that perception came about. And then the question is, okay, so how can you change that perception? How can you take somebody's uh, uh, perception of you did this poorly or you didn't do this at all or whatever the case was into uh, uh, something opposite and to me that has been like you know I that type of feedback um, I I feel like happens often Um, even I I think even with like my daughter (laughs) I've had that discussion with her of like how do you think that your friends perceive that or what have you. Um, of course it's always easier to help other people than it is myself. Um, I've also had, you know, one of the the people on my team say that to me, say, you know, like I, I, Jen, I, I think it's a perception issue. I think that they didn't understand that, that the way you, you came across was different than what you think. And like, that is great advice. (laughs) So, uh, I, I think that's one of the, the, I guess, strategy is just trying to, try, trying to understand uh, why the feedback is coming. And because it's, it's, it, it's often uh, sort of a, not necessarily misunderstanding, but you, you don't understand or you're not seeing it because you're, you know what's inside of you, but you don't know what's inside of the other person. So putting yourself in their shoes to kind of understand that um, I, I think is a big one.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I could continue talking about this for <laughs> hours, um, but, you know, before we wrap up, I always like to ask a couple of lightning round questions, okay. um, and if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write it on?
0: Oh, uh, hmm, you know what, book doesn't exist, uh, and, and this is about, and I would say this is about more about like community and such. There are lots of great books out there right now. There are no books about building your team. Who do you need? You know, like how do you um, manage that team? How do you make sure people have backups and all of these things? And what are the types of jobs that people do? There are there are good blog posts out there. There are a number of things, but there isn't a book that's like this is how you build your community team. How they should run. You know, who does what, how do you, how do you divvy things up? What if you only have two people, your community is this big, how to expand all of that. That would be my, that would be my book. Yeah. Or how Schitt's Creek gifts uh, uh, can be used in every situation.
1: (laughs) I'm also a big Schitt's Creek fan. And I swear they have, there is literally a gift for, just about everything everything Uh, yeah but going back to what you said before it it definitely surprises me that there has not been any sort of book written yet about building community teams um especially with everything that's been written I know
0: there's so many out there so I have to tell you a funny thing happened recently I was looking for like community team structure I just wanted I'm like what's out there I wanted to see what was out there I pull up community team structure. And I'm like, oh, it's a CMX thing. And I click on it and it's a blog post uh, that was done about my team at Moz in like 2013 or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is not helpful for me. Is there, is there more?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just kind of another lightning round question that I had is mm-hmm. if you were to win $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on?
0: Uh, I'm probably fairly boring. I would pay off all of my family's debt. (laughs) I would get the basics, make sure that there was like house and cars and all of the things. And then I would figure out what, uh, you know, what I needed to save and what, uh, organizations to donate it to. It feels really boring. I might, I, I would at least do one like fun trip but mostly i would like get my life set so that <laughs> so that moving forward it wouldn't be you know i'd know that i have these things covered.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose and why?
0: Uh, Frida Kahlo. Uh, i i she's she's just incredible. I'm literally staring at like various paintings and drawings and different things of Frida. Actually, my coffee mug is Frida. I'm maybe a little bit obsessed with Frida, so definitely Frida Kahlo.
1: That's awesome. And as always, it's been great chatting with you. Where can uh, listeners find you online?
0: Uh, th- thank you. Um, was it? I'm sorry, I missed the question. Of where to find me online? Is that right? Yes. Okay, best is probably Twitter. I am just Jenita, J-E-N-N-I-T-A on Twitter. And I I apologize. I talk a a lot about um, Schitt's Creek and um, movies. (laughs) I used to talk about community and about politics and like all these things and I just decided no, I'd rather just talk about random TV shows. So, but come join the TV show fun with me. Um, and then on LinkedIn, again, Jen Sable Lopez. You have to add the Sable or else there's this other Jennifer Lopez that comes up when you search Jennifer Lopez.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, best nickname ever. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was really, really great chatting with you.
0: Thank you so much. I've I've really enjoyed it, Jessica. Thank you for listening to the Remote Work Drive podcast. Please visit our site, theremoteworkdrive.com, to learn more about remote work trends and insights.